0: This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.
1: Hope everybody had a great NHL All-Star Weekend break. Wherever you are watching and listening, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. Nick Kiprios, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. Sammy McKee and a man who's willing to make a complete spectacle out of himself
2: <laughs> for the next
3: two hours, Justin Bourne. I was going to say, I didn't turn the attention to you and go, man, you still sound like you had the plague. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling better yet? Or I, I am feeling a little better. Um, but yes, I did get glasses. Uh, turns out, so I went to an optometrist and they were like, uh, turns out you can't see. And I said, How, what do we do about that? And here we are. So how how badly can't you see? Like I can see close like I can read which is nice. <clears throat> can't see far for anything. So uh I don't know like minus 1. I don't know how to do optometrist talk both Not eyes but- I
1: think I'm at uh I'm at 350 I think for Are you really? Yeah.
3: What's funny cuz you do the I nose do. tip reading I do sometimes. Cuz
1: I cannot uh read uh I can't read with uh, my contacts in. Do you got the giant font on your phone? Uh, not quite then. That's like my mother in law. It, uh, it's like that's one mission. <laughs> that's admission of guilt. You might as well just go to Florida and pack it in. Pick a ball dinosaur. Eh? You know, it's, uh, I'm just watching you with, wearing your glasses and it reminds me of the movie Major League. Do you remember that movie? Charlie oh, yeah. Sheen? Of course. Yes. And, I mean- um, uh, who played Willie Mays Hayes? Um, oh my God, uh, I forget Wesley Snipes. Wesley yeah. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. So there's this scene where Charlie Sheen, Sheen, a uh, great pitcher in the movie, yeah. uh, needs glasses. So they're they're fitting him in the in the locker room, and then there's that old crusty manager Lou yeah. Brown who says, yeah. "Son, the most important thing is that you can see correctly." And then Wesley Wesley Snipes' character goes. Uh, it ain't that important <laughs> when he sees his glasses. So you know you you in your yeah. glasses. I'm, I'm kind of thinking yeah. to myself,
4: maybe it's not that important. Well, you see, I'm a fellow glasses. I'm a fellow glasses wearer. I um, oh, got a little choked up seeing in glasses. <laughs> it's so hard being glasses it, wear. Listen, the first few days after you get glasses are euphoric. Yeah. Like, it truly is. I am way more blind than you. Like, when I went and got my eyes checked, I think maybe 2016 or 2017 around there. It's a whole new world. I went in there, and the guy, they did the glasses for me that night. Because they're like, it's an emergency. He's like, you drove (laughs) here? He's like, you drove here? (laughs) He's like, you're blind, man. Like, you can't see anything. And all of a sudden, it's 4K, and you're like, you've all been seeing this the whole time? The best thing in the world that you're going to be blown away by is the next time you play golf. Yeah, the I first can see my ball, the I can first see. golf round I played after getting glasses was legitimately the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, oh, and playing hockey yeah. again, I was like, oh my god, These I can, contacts can. see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna
3: do the contacts thing.
4: Well, we got a terrific show for uh, wherever you are,
1: uh, with eyesight or just listening. <laughs> Part of it is I like. We've them, got All right. Star Weekend in review. We'll talk about uh, next year's All Star Game, where I think the Toronto Star uh, described it as the world's worst kept secret.
3: Yeah. That's
1: exciting. Toronto. Uh, We've got Bo Bo Horvat talk about uh, a new eight-year contract and the reaction out of Lou Lamarillo. We have Dave Nonis coming up in about 15 minutes, former general manager of the Leafs. Eric Francis uh, in about 40 minutes. And then Kevin Kurz will talk uh, Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders and what this contract means to uh, the New York Islanders. Uh, In saying that, Uh, We will start off with uh, the spectacle of the NHL All-Star Weekend. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know that, and I mean this sincerely, that I I don't want to sit here and and bash it for the next 10 minutes. No, people enjoyed it. I want a a respectful uh, conversation on the things that we liked, what we didn't like, maybe improvements. But certainly... You know, from the sense of social media, it probably didn't go as well as, you know, you would have liked from the league. But certainly uh, something that we can at least uh, start with a, a mature conversation. Now, I, I, I was battling I like the that flu. you're
3: warning me right now. This is going to be a mature no. conversation. I, I just,
1: I just, it, it's, just <laughs> a, it, it's just not cool for me to sit here. And especially when you went through some of the things that it's been said about
3: and, and, that it's
1: a, it's an easy thing to do is just make fun and, and bash here for the next little while. And, I, I don't want to do that. That's and, not cool to and me. And as
3: people who create content, you know, the show is content We write articles. It's hard to create things. It's real easy to tear them down. So people put a lot of time and effort into creating that all-star game. We haven't had them because of the pandemic and all that. So there was a lot of bright side. A lot of kids loved it. Tell me when we're done doing this part of it. Yeah. And I can talk about it.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. So. I mean as we stipulated last week that it isn't built for guys like us right uh the only question is is did did they go a little bit too far on 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 creating what they think is inevitably uh towards a, a younger generation mm-hmm. whether it is trying to create you t- uh Twitter moments or, yeah. or Instagram moments? And did did the league kind of take their eye off the ball a little bit this weekend?
3: I don't know if there's a right answer necessarily, but here's what I do know is I would like to see the events. Let's go. Like I couldn't, you know, turn on with my son at seven o'clock all-star competition. Wait, to see this? It's so cool. Greatest players in the world we're 22 minutes in and they're still on introductions and pyrotechnics and like someone's going to skate a lap. Could we just I want to watch the event. Show me the guys take the shots. Show me the guys. I th- was it on for 3 hours?
1: It, yeah, it was it was uh Sammy was the length uh a concern for you because I would – you 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 said last week that you were a fan of it.
4: Yes. Was was uh the length of it a concern? Yeah, it was I mean wasn't that much of a concern as I was sitting at a bar hammering Guinnesses and not really thinking about it and being too in deep in it. But I will say that there was things to me that just, it it seemed way overly complicated to me. Like all the stuff that they're doing, like I don't know if you guys caught any of the AHL uh, All-Stars stuff. Imagine if we did. (laughs) I know it was on last night. So I was flicking. I, I flicked. Yeah. And it was just much more what I remember when I was younger. Doesn't like make it, it just it was it, cleaner, no, yeah, exactly, like they're not like overthinking everything they're just they have like a goalie competition where there's two guys shooting on them, they gotta make the saves. It's like there's a guy doing a breakaway, they got a guy shooting the targets. It's just yeah, to me, you just gotta keep it simple, stupid, like it's it's way overly complicated, like the one board I saw them put up there for one of the the rules, like this is a skills comp, it's not like uh you know you're not reading you know, the rules and regulations on, like, an Apple product here. It's like, can I get a, can I just no one does anyway. Yes. It's it's yeah. almost, for me,
1: watching it this weekend, and I tend not to watch it. I, I'm t- I tend to be like Sammy.
4: Yeah.
3: But
1: I've been battling – Yeah, his, so you were on the couch. I, I'm, I'm on the couch all weekend. Bad news, NHL. Moving. He was paying attention. I was paying attention. Yeah. And I watch it, and it's as if the league or Sportsnet mm-hmm. or ESPN – are there, everybody's trying to please everyone. Yeah. And you end up pleasing no one. Yeah. if That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. So just for instance, you know, the skills competition. And there were a couple that are traditional. Mm-hmm. The skating, uh, the, sh- uh, the the shots on the targets.
3: Do we miss with the skating a race, by the way? For me, I miss some element of that. Yes, yes. You know, send two guys at once.
1: I, I I miss that element for sure, yeah. but you know the issue now is you can't get guys to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, we we know who the fastest guy in the league is for one lap. He was in Florida. Yeah, doesn't want to do it. So
3: what's well, the NBA with the dunk contest? They end up putting in kind of you know don't call them scrubs, but not not the top guys. But
1: but they're still even the top guys. Uh, you know in. I know uh, uh, they still had very fast guys and uh, Carolina's um, Sveshnikov uh, won it yeah. uh, at 13 plus, which is nothing to sneeze at, right? But is there a letdown or drop off when you, when you want to go and see Conor McDavid do
3: it? For sure. Yeah, that's, that's what I think everyone wants to see. I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's a weird event because you can't really not try in it. You know what I mean? Like you, like that should be the one where you're getting a great effort from everyone. So yes, it is work. You know, when you ask a guy to go in, it's different. Yes, than the ten second of the you know accuracy shooting or the you know whatever else. It's which, not.
1: Which brings me to my next topic of conversation is when the players pick and choose when they want to try. So it's not an issue with uh, hitting the targets, and it's not an issue with the the slap shot. Mm-hmm. But once we saw whatever uh, version they had of a breakaway yeah. on the goalies, we saw them probably at 30 or 40%. I feel
3: like the goalies don't want to get embarrassed. Well, The players want to do something
1: trick-shoddy cool. And tons of opinion out there on Sarah Nurse going in on Shisterkin. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you whether or not he tried or not. I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to ask you if the NHL puts Shosturkin in a very tough position of having to decide for himself whether or not he will try or not. Because we know the women being involved in NHL All-Star, the the one mandate is to support them Mm -hmm. and help promote them. So you tell me if Shosturkin shuts her down... How is that helping both causes?
3: I don't know. I think you can argue it's kind of a, you can't lose. Like if he did, would anyone be like, he's the greatest, one of the no, they, three best goalies in the world. They did kind of lose a little bit because there's a lot of people that said like he didn't
1: try. Mm-hmm. So again, does that help Sarah? Does it help women's hockey? If a large majority of your audience feel like he, he didn't try, I don't know. You know I-,
3: I think if anyone's I – th- I think the criticism here would be just overthinking it. Like, did it, it – to me, I agree. It's not a skills contest in, in the sense of it's a test of ability. Like, it's all. It's like a – it's a showcase almost of people. I, as long as we're there and yeah. everybody
1: can be there. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that said, like – that they weren't happy for a variety of reasons, yeah. one of them is the lack of intensity Friday night, yeah, and obviously the the length of it
4: yeah the uh I honestly think Kipper what you're saying there about say I just think it put her in a bad spot where she was kind of embarrassed that he didn't try, where it's like she's like one of the best women's hockey players, and he she goes in on him, and then you're right with Sustricken being like, you know should I try what's the it's just to me it was a weird dynamic, and I just wish i think i bet I bet they both wish that he just had a, tried and stopped her. Because then it's just like, well, you know, you put me out there and I played goalie yeah. and the and then whole he's thing. And bad thought, guy for, you I don't know. think he's – no, I don't think – honestly don't think he's a bad guy. I just think – I don't think people are saying that. I just don't think it's a good look for anybody involved. It's yeah. a weird scenario, and that was talked about a lot. Like, that, it's a big conversation amongst a lot of my friends. Like, that was a conversation last night at hockey. Like, it's a thing that people were talking about. Yeah, so.
1: no question. Hmm.
4: Like, I just – I – Thought I would much rather of him gone out there and made like a great save when she tried to do like he just was anyways we don't need to get too bogged down in it I don't think it's that big a deal yeah. but it was a bad look and I agree with Kipper on that
3: well executed move
4: for sure
1: yeah, the the other thing again when I when I say that you're, you're is just trying to please so many people is you know once the the event left the arena and went to uh, tape segments on either the beach with the shooting of the surfboards. I
3: thought and, that was a cool event. Uh, honest to God,
4: I I, I didn't mind it. I at all. I wanted to do it. Like the it golf like and would, the, the golf. No, the not the golf. <laughs> I like the golf too. I like the golf. Oh, really, I thought the golf and surfboard were the two the, by far best parts. The surfboard thing I thought was cool.
1: Listen, I, I would. The first, my first thought is, how, how could I? How would I have handled that? Yeah. Or, you know, I'd like to take a wrist shot and see how close yeah. I can get it to a stick.
3: I thought a couple of the guys were terrible. A couple of guys just heaving them up right?
1: there. <laughs> but, you know, under different circumstances, you know, it it it, it was entertaining. But yeah. do you run the risk of leaving 18,000 people in the building just watching a monitor? Is that for what they 20- did? They just showed it on yeah. the Jumbotron it's, for them? It's, and it's just, yeah. to, to Sammy's point... I don't uh, think that'll where, work here. I don't think people want to do that at Bank next year. And there's nothing going on except you're trying to get people to watch the monitor up yeah. the score clock. So I, I don't know if that works.
3: No, it's interesting. You know, what are they going to do here in Toronto for something like that? Are they going to have the guys do the edge walk on the uh,
4: CN Tower, have goalies make love saves all hooked up to the top of the CN Tower? I, they can't leave. The, if I'm at the All-Star game and I'm a Floridian and they're going to a Jumbotron or something, I'm out of there
5: immediately. <laughs> yeah, Dude, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, it's I, hard mean, so. I would
4: immediately leave. leave. So. I thought the actual games was good. was enjoyable. Agreed.
3: You yeah. know, Listen, when you watch... Compared to the skills contest, when, which is backwards. When, when you watch Mitch Marner
1: and Nick Suzuki have a given goal like that, yeah. it's, 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 it's a hockey play, albeit with three guys Crosby on the Crosby and
3: Ovi hooked up a couple times. By the way, I, as soon as I heard Dylan Larkin say, like, the highlight of his weekend was getting a play with Mitch Marner, me and, uh, like, a million other people who want the Leafs to have success were like... Bring me Dylan Larkin. Oh, <laughs> like, Isn't he UFA at the end of uh, this year or something? It's like, oh, does he want to come partner up with
4: old Mitchie? Well, yeah. He's welcome. thought Mitch looked uh, really weird with the skates. Terrible it's, skates. It's amazing. It's amazing to me how much different your look is if your skate blades are black versus white. Because the skates were just like this sure year. They had some writing on them or whatever. But if they were just yeah. white skate blades, they Listen, would have looked like normal wheels. That, the black skate, it's the it was the weirdest look. That stuff doesn't bother me
1: anymore in terms of Mitch doing the uh, Miami Vice or I thought that was so cheesy too. Listen, it, it
4: is, but and the it's, Happy Gilmore. It, it's like, what are we doing here? I know,
1: I know. Happy you're, Gilmore you're, thing. You're I didn't. You're not get, wrong. To be honest. You're not wrong, but it's already kind of a mailed in thing in terms of intensity and focus and trying really hard. Yeah. So I actually give the guys credit for trying. They care enough to kind of be willing to put themselves out there like that. Mm -hmm. And, I think they should get full credit for it. I I really
4: do. For sure. For sure. Good for the league. You get all dressed up. You're wearing this white suit on ice. You're flying down there. And then you just flip her one on Luongo and make a move. I know. You're an
1: NHLer. Like, do something cool. But that's where it gets kind of tricky for them because it's it's, it's called a a skills competition. And that is the least skilled thing you'll ever see Mitch Marner do in his life.
2: Yeah.
1: And it didn't help either when Luongo on the bench said, well, you know, Mitch didn't do what he was supposed to do. Like, that's... <laughs> Is it k it's, it's just it's, it's not helpful Yeah, when you're starting to tell people that you're, you're now choreographing yeah. everything in a skills competition. Like, how
3: much would you like for them to put three pucks on the on the blue line and have Mitch Marner take three breakaways on Shostorkin or whoever? Goes in, picks one up, goes in, picks one up, goes in, picks one up. Show me three breakaways, best on best. Done, you know, so thrilling. And then next guy. Let, now you so get this to go comes on.
1: to our, our conversation on on Toronto, like yes. the stuff that you try to pull off in Florida, you can't, you you can't, you can't bring up to this audience.
5: No, not, don't not bring a that
1: weakness up here. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, we're too, no real we, fans. We care so, too much. You guys have heard me in previous shows. Has to go retro. Want to go back? Create the same All Star Weekend you had in nineteen ninety nine, if I'm not mistaken.
3: I don't know. Shanny was
1: in
4: it, yeah. Right? It was the year two thousand. Or how about well,
3: then everyone has to use wood sticks too? Throwback. How about just East versus West? I, you know, so I've done a lot of thinking on this, and I think you're right. I think that's the best way in terms of like dividing it up, because I like seeing the players with the guys they compete against. Like it's really fun to see. Larkin and Mitch and Suzuki and Mitch. And it's fun to see Crosby and Ovi. So you don't want to give that up, right? Like I think that that has appeal. I'll, I'll
1: I'll tell you another way you fix the skills competition. If you're, if you're willing to blow your brains out and Gary talked about this thing, not being a moneymaker, but uh, an investment into your brand, then go all in. If you're willing to give the winning team a million dollars, to try hard the last five, seven minutes. And let me give you the mentality of of that million dollars. Okay? The first game absolutely sucks, right, at 3 (laughs) o'clock. Yes. You know it sucks. And I'm going to tell you why it sucks. Because there's certain guys in it going, if we lose this first game, I'm on my chartered uh, plane at 4.30. Yeah. And I'm home by 6. Yeah.
3: You right? guys don't stay the night?
1: Are you kidding me? Oh, they're no, out of there. They can't get out of you're there fast East enough. Florida, we got though, Friday right? night. You're out of there. But once you're into that 4.30 game.
3: You're there for the night anyway. And you're
1: there anyways. Now you're getting into a window of the last five or seven minutes where it's like, if I just jack this up a little bit, I'm taking home 60 grand. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm here. Like, I'll give my sixty grand to my dad, my mom. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take the sixty grand. Right. Have the same mentality for the skills competition. Real money, real money. Yeah. Uh, fastest skater, throw up a hundred grand. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. If if Connor McDavid really thinks about it, and you take away make twelve all, taxes. all year, you can go make a quick hundred here five. Yeah. Give it to federal tax, provincial tax, give it to escrow, and you're down to about $4 million, four four and a half million. I'll gladly take a hundred grand. Yeah. I'll take my fifty after taxes. But hey, listen, I, I do that lap, I do that lap every day in practice. Yeah. I can't do one more for fifty, another fifty grand. Right. You start putting money into all these uh individual uh Co- competitions mm-hmm. you're going to get a better reaction
3: you know what's weird for me is the shooting competition like the accuracy shooting you got you know you you eliminate people and they go up against each other but it's like mcdavid took four pucks and hit him on nine seconds he's the winner to me
4: yeah that's fast you win
3: you know i
1: don't <laughs> we have dave all right let's welcome in dave known as former general manager of the leafs uh dave we're, we're solving all the uh the the issues with the nhl all-star weekend uh you got any uh got, got any advice for them or <laughs> are you good
6: I'm, I'm good. You're not going to see many changes in that in that event. It's, as much as people you know want it to to go back to the early '80s and make, you know, a little bit more competitive in terms of a game, it, it's not what it is anymore. And uh, I think you just have to enjoy it for what it is, which is a, it's a good skills competition, and and you uh, recognize players that um, are having exceptional seasons. And and I think that's what that's what I take. Out wow! Of it
1: now. So so the horse is out of the barn. You're not going to get them back trying a little harder. There's just no way.
6: I don't think there's a way. No, I, I think it's, I don't think there's too much on the, on the line for them um, during the regular season right after that game is over. Um, you know, there's too much you know money involved in, in their, their careers. So I just think that um, it, it is what it is right now. It, you still get to see some, you know, exceptional skills, uh, some of these players, but you're not going to have a, you know, a high contact hard hard game again i think that's that's not going to happen
3: so the actual all-star game itself if you can't coax more effort out of it do you think the the nhl is getting their value out it Do fans enjoy it the way we used to you've seen leagues like the nfl scrap the pro bowl straight away you know do you think the nhl is doing fine just kind of having to be what it is there
6: yeah, I think so. I think the market that it's in is usually always excited. So I think that yeah. uh, you know Toronto's going to do a good job of of it when it's you know comes back there again, uh, I believe next year. And I I think that the, the market that it's held in is you know, always takes it seriously, and and it is good for those you know, markets. I think Florida was happy that they had it. I think it was you know it, it drew a lot of attention in that marketplace. Um, but you know I think that um, with the NFL dropping it, you know, really. Football without any contact is really isn't fun to watch, uh, and there are, isn't a lot of um, you know skill competitions you can put together from a football standpoint. I still think that you know the NHL players are able to showcase their you know their skills, and uh, whether it's the night before the game or not, I still think that is enjoyable for the fan base.
1: How about uh, your experience when you were a part of a management team? In terms of players going or not going, or wanting to go or not wanting to go, or even teams not wanting certain players to go, do you think? I I know it. uh, The last few years, it it got challenging for some of you guys, but um, is that alleviated with the sunny spots and the beaches?
6: I think it's definitely helped, and you can, you know, bring your family and and recharge your batteries as well as play in the game. Um, I, I always wanted any players that we had to go if they were invited, you know, barring some nagging injuries, I thought it was important that if they were recognized and they were selected that they should uh, that they should go and represent the team.
1: you think Toronto will have any problem uh, minus 30 in February?
6: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's, uh, I think anything can go in Toronto, regardless of the weather. I think the, the fan base there will be pretty wired in, and I know they'll, they'll do a good job. The the people that run uh, events in Toronto, I think, are second to none, so I think it'll be an exceptional event.
3: Should be good. We're looking forward to it here in Toronto, and we'll keep the focus there. I uh, want to get your thoughts on their walk-up to the trade deadline. Under a month now, and frankly, Kipper and I have been talking about trades for two months because we have kind of know where they're going to finish this season. Um, how would they be approaching it now? It feels like there's 40 players available out there, more so than most trad- trade deadlines. What is the process of feeling out what you might want to do down the road with other general managers?
6: Well, I think they're going to have to determine all the teams that are buyers You have to determine what they actually need. Uh, and then they're going to go about you know, trying to contact all the teams that you believe are sellers. That's starting to you know, take place right now. It's, it's pretty uh, becoming apparent which teams are, are going to be selling. Uh, there are some pretty good players available. Um, and for that reason, I think that the asking price is going to be fairly high. Uh, and it, you, know, you might not see many more big deal, deals like the Horvat deal until you get really close to the deadline,
2: uh,
1: Dave. I, I wrote an article uh, uh, a week and a half ago on on the Leaf goaltending situation, and I kind of presented you know three scenarios: is is one they just get a little bit of reinforcement, uh, or they go actually major and, and try to do something if you know with the likes of Demko's name being out there, or. Yeah, UC Saros uh, potentially being available if Nashville uh, falls out of a playoff run or doing nothing at all. My question isn't so far uh, more more on the leaf specific, but in general, in your experience in the past, when you've thought about adding a goaltender, how much how different is it in your approach to getting one than it would be a, a skater, a forward, a defenseman?
6: Well, I think you have to really, you know. Measure what type of goaltender you're getting. I mean, any deal that I did or or player selected, I've selected Corey Schneider in the first round, and I traded for Roberto Longo. And I traded for a couple other goalies that work out at the deadline. Um, So I think you have to be really clear as to where that player fits, uh, where it fits in the room. Is he clearly an upgrade? Um, If you could upgrade any position, including the goaltending position, I think it's incumbent upon a manager to do it it's generally hard to do. I, I, you don't see many starting goaltenders moved um, you know, at the deadline. It's, it's it's pretty rare. I can't even think of one, um, you know, in the last 10 years that's that's moved at the deadline.
3: Dave, let's say the Leafs are able to get their hands on a big fish and it can be either a forward or a D. Let's say it's Chickren and let's say it's Timo Meyer. What do you do if, you, if you're the Leafs?
6: Oh, I still think you add a defenseman. Yeah. Um, you know the, the Leafs have done a a better job than i think people give them credit for uh playing good team defense their you know their goals against are, are more than just respectable they're they're quite good so i think you have to give them credit for how they're playing you want to have a long run deep into the you have to have seven or eight quality defense I mean, you're not going to you're not going to get by with with six. you almost um uh, Run. Um, I think if they could, if they could add, you know, Jake Muzzin when he was healthy, that type of a player right. back onto that back end, I think it would help them dramatically.
1: Dave, uh, we we assume that that Kyle Dubas is in a position to wanna uh, upgrade and with with a big piece. How frustrating is it for for Kyle or the Leafs now to know that uh, everybody wants? your top prospect in Matthew Nyes, and it's still undetermined whether or not Kyle's got him out there or not, if he's untouchable or, or isn't, but how do you work around that? If, if you're not willing to give him up or you need to wait to the last minute to decide how badly you want to make a trade.
6: Yeah, I think it's more the latter. I think they have to wait and see where they're at, where they're at health wise. And if they can, get into the uh, uh, around the deadline fairly healthy and playing well. I think there'll be more more of a, an interest of, of wheeling and dealing to try to add some pieces you know the, yes. I know that the club has not passed the first rounds you know for a long time it's always there um, and there's a lot of pressure to do that um, but, but you can only you know expend so many assets. Um, before you start going backwards with that said the window is open even though they have a one around the window is open in Toronto That's a very good hockey team and I think that has to be recognized as well I mean it's not like they're adding a piece just to get in if they add a piece it would be to try to win
1: if if you if you knew that piece was out there to try to win would you give up Matthew Nyes?
6: uh I like Matthew Nyes a lot um but if you if you're in a position where you actually have a chance to, to win and you're adding a, an exceptional player, um, I think you have to consider it. No question about it. I didn't um, ask you if I,
1: you I think, considered it. Uh, would you do it?
6: <laughs> it <laughs> Come on, Dave, give it to us. <laughs> I'm going to give you the lawyer. Give you the lawyer's answer. It depends. It <laughs> depends on how I'm how I'm playing, how the team is playing. If we're clearly rolling and we think that we can beat the Boston Bruins the way they're playing. With one good ad, then I think I think you would do it. If you're, if you're not, if you're, you know, just playing okay, if you're banged up, um, then I, I think you go in a different direction. And I'd rather expend draft picks than a, a player that I, that I clearly know is going to be a, a pretty good regular on my team.
3: You're in a unique position, uh, you know. I think, given your experience, to evaluate new contracts that get signed. Did you have any takeaways from Horvat getting eight by eight and a half?
6: Well, he picked a pretty good year to have a career year. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know it is what it is. That's he, he's going to get that money whether it's, it was in you know on the island or in free agency. Um, so I, I think it's uh, it Lou. Uh, he categorized it the right way. It's too much money and it's too long. But that's what you. That's what it would take to get that player signed. Um, you know, they. I think that it shows that the Islanders. Uh, really need to make the postseason. And, you know, for, for they, have, they have their own reasons to do it. But, you know, they've they locked up a pretty good player, but they paid him a lot of money. And there's uh, very little wiggle room now in terms of, you know, of uh, cash left to make any further improvements to that team. But he's, he's a very good player. He's having an excellent year. And by all accounts, it's the quality quality guy that's only going to help the character of that room
1: i know you you briefly touched on this, but in the past, would a, a deal like this open up the floodgates for for teams to respond and is that not the case because of the flat salary cap
6: yeah i, I think I think it is um and we, and Lou got out in front of it, he clearly wanted to do this they're not in the in the playoffs now he feels like he needs the player longer than just, uh, you know, post deadline. And he stepped up and paid, you know, you can argue if he paid too much or if he paid too little. Um, but, um, you know, he stepped up and, and paid the price that they were asking. I don't think a lot of teams are willing to do that yet. I do think that they're, you know, that trade definitely uh, uh, made more uh, clubs pick up the phone and, and start calling around to see what what may or may not be a, uh, available to them between now and, and the deadline
3: well I feel like we're seeing it shift a little bit have, do you have any sense of that that deals are getting done earlier rather than day of all the time
6: well it really comes down to, to money in a lot of a lot of cases you know not a lot of teams have uh, a lot of cap space you know I don't know how many are in, in LTIR now but it's, it's over half um, a bunch of other ones have less than a million dollars of cap space so and unless there's some um, contracts moving both ways or salary retention. Um, I still think it's going to go, you know, by and large, maybe not down to the last day or the last hour, but we're going to get within three or four days, I think, before you see a lot a lot more uh, big deals uh, take place.
1: One more for me, Dave, and that is that we all know that Kyle Dubas, uh, it's been well reported that is in the last year of his deal, he did not get an extension. Does this play out in any way, shape or form in, In your, you know, managerial days, you hardly saw this, whether it was a general manager or even a Bruce Boudreaux situation where we just saw how that played out in Vancouver. The tendency is for teams to give these guys at least one extra year. That's not happening anymore. Is this going to be a new trend moving forward?
6: Uh, I think it really depends on, you know, on ownership and relationship with the manager. Uh, I know Kyle is very well liked in Toronto by ownership and, and respected by the people there. Um, you know, I, I, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's a performance based business. And, um, you know, I think if they can pull some strings here, make a deal and get past the first round, uh, I, I think that he'll get extended. I think he's done a, you know, he's done a, a very good job by and large. And a lot of questions were asked about some of the things he's done. Um, but, I think if you look at them closely, you know he's he's put together, you know, along with his staff there, he's put together a team that is one of the best teams in the league, and I don't think you can do much better than that.
1: Well, you you can you can take that team and win in the playoffs, and that's basically yeah, I mean, it,
6: right? I mean, you can't guarantee that. You can't guarantee that. My point is, like, I think he's put that team into a position where they are a contender. Yeah, and that's you know that's what I that's what I say. You know, last year I think we all thought. Colorado's the best team, but they still had to go out and do it and win. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't handed to them just because they had a good team. I think he's put together a pretty good team there, and yeah. you know, I, I hope they get past the first round. It would be good for the city and be good for the game.
1: Let's go, selfish! It'd be good for our show.
6: Yeah, that's what really matters. Hey, Dave. Yeah, that's, I think about that. I think about that all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that you're almost a regular on it, you should for sure. Hey, Dave, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this.
6: All right, take care of yourself, guys. Hey, Dave
1: Jonas, former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, we all felt this way. I mean, we, you go back and listen to our early shows. Mm-hmm. We were talking about a team that should contend for the Atlantic or if if not the the, the president's trophy for best team in the regular season. We, yeah. we knew they had that capabilities, but yet I think the – Leaf ownership or the board at MLSE have spoken volumes that you're not getting an extension until we see that regular season transition uh, to the playoffs.
3: And when you're dubious, you're in that point, you can totally see where they're coming from. Like you understand that you're not paid to take a team to the playoffs, so you're supposed to do better than that. So I, I can understand if there is some sort of mutual understanding of the way that would go, It'd still be frustrating. Having all this success and being like not good enough, huh? Okay, go hire the guy who's running. You know, one of the 16 teams nowhere near the
4: playoffs. Sammy, yeah, I have worries about that. I, I do. I really stuck in the middle in wanting results versus fear of the unknown. Yeah. To me, like as a as a Leaf fan, right? You know, you've watched the Leafs be really good. The it, ease of with which they beat good teams right now is they're easy except, to take except, for granted. Except, except for the Bruins, right? They didn't beat them very well. Well, they? the great teams are yeah. an issue. Yes. The good teams, <laughs> yes. Like they just you I know, just the, the other side of it being like searching for a new person and having them it be a fresh set of eyes, like that is very fascinating to me. hmm But there's a lot of fear in that as well to me. I you get, get where I'm coming from? Yeah. It's very uh relationshipy, actually. For sure. When in your the early grass isn't always greener, fellas. <laughs> I did uh
1: I did agree with Dave Nolus's answer on Matthew Nyes. Is that that is that's your ace card, mm-hmm. and you cannot show it until the very end. But you have to. So you try to pull off some trades. You use your other first rounders in the Roney system. Rony and
3: Topi and all those guys. Who's,
1: who's the, the the junior kid? in Camloops, Mint, uh, Fraser Minton. yeah, yeah. Lighten Lighten it, he,
3: what a year he's had.
1: He's having a great year. Lighten it up. He's a centerman. People are speaking volumes about his 200-foot game. Like, throw that guy out there before Matthew Nyes. Yeah. So try to pull off a trade without Matthew Nyes, and then you got to make a career decision, Mm -hmm. if you're Kyle Dubas, at the 11th hour, whether or not to throw in Nyes to try to get this team over the hump.
4: Let me just say all all of our – all of our producers and big wigs up here—they're like, just wait till the day of the deadline for us, please. For I our- think it's a six-hour our six-hour extravaganza. I, well, There's by not- the two- way, how about having a three p.m. show for to, the boys?
3: Oh, <laughs> is that? to
1: to give up nyes? Nice, yeah, it would. You
3: wouldn't do it unless I, I wouldn't do end. it
1: unless my my back's completely against the wall. Yeah,
3: all all I can say Which is means
1: good for Sportsnet and TSN.
3: Yeah, all I can say is that on the show that kicks off our week with no Leafs games, let me say March 3rd, that sounds pretty sexy, boys. That's going to be a good content week. Really excited. I imagine they'll have made a couple trades by then. I expect there to be three different players in the Leafs lineup.
4: March 3rd. March 4th. Oh.
3: Than there are right now. Kipper, you? Uh, over, over or under? I, I uh, Over. Over three new players. Oh, I'm sorry, here? Yeah, for the Leafs. I think the Leafs will have three new players, a forward, a D-man, and then one of the other, two of one of the other. Uh, uh,
1: no, under.
3: Under three. under. I, I, th- th- I think two. And it'll be like? Bobby think, McMahon, one of them? I think two. No. If we, uh,
1: like, Colin it, Blackwell just, it's type. It's just, it's really hard. I, uh, tell me. Uh, yeah. Three. Three. Qu- hot quality. No. Two two quality <laughs> two, and, and one yeah. average. Uh, yeah. Three qualities. Three. Three. Uh,
3: no, below I, average. Two legit players. Top six or top four D. Two Points. legit. I don't, I don't know if they could. Yeah, possibly one of each. And then I think the, it's
1: too hard to juggle uh,
3: you know, caps based on that. Maybe right print now, them as, Right now, they could uh, just add Genius. three million. They could just add three million right now without doing and, anything and with it's retention. Add more. Yeah. yeah. And retention and moving money out and all those other the things. The
1: closer you get to the cap without making a trade, the more money you'll have. To the deadline. To the deadline. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's that's the idea. I think.
3: They're, they're, they're going to be able to work some stuff. I don't know. I in I would say last year, the list of things that Kyle Dubas needed, he went out and got them all. Now, it didn't work, but he did went out, go out and check the boxes of their needs. So I think he's aware they need one up front and up back that make a difference.
4: And it's not... Uh... Poor Pontus Holmberg having to play the All-Star play- break games with the Marlies.
3: How about sending Pontus to the All-Star or to, to play for the Marlies while so everyone else gets a break? <laughs> Guy's career's in flux. He's up, he's down, he's hanging on by a thread. No break. I
4: couldn't believe him. I was there on Saturday. I
1: saw him yeah, in the line okay. and I was like, you what know, the hell? I'm a huge is- fan, but like, hey, Pontus. Get down there and keep your mouth shut and wow. just play. Oh
4: wow! Yes. I would have given the guy a break.
1: Where, 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 where does he earn get the, the right? Beach what, pause he then. hasn't earned it yet? Has, has he played two hundred games in the NHL? Is he a proven guy? You're young. Come on, he, get down there. He
3: went into the guys and into the years of nobody, and now we're like this oh, guy. Push for Pontus.
1: Come on, all stars don't need to play the NHL no. already. It's rank. a it's a smart move by the Leafs. It is. God, he oh, looked okay? good down there. Just keep him hungry, player. Don't. Like- don't like a, you haven't proven Jack. Yeah, Okay. Well, he has a little bit, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell he's him that. J. I'm pretty sure he's he's going to get offer
4: sheeted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I like him. Me but, too. But you don't have to walk yeah. around like you're, you know, King Kong yeah. yet. Right. Keep right. him humble. That's fair. I can dig it. Yeah. Go down to the Mar- uh, Marlies and play well. Loser. And turn into, a, <laughs> turn into a leader down there. Hey, you look good. Uh,
2: Tell kidding.
1: the boys what it takes to play in the NHL.
4: Keith Petroselli did not. All right, let's go to break. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Bagwell attending, eh? Oh, just remarkably okay. bad. Okay, well, yeah. he's not the answer then. <laughs> Joe Wall got the all-star break. <laughs> okay, uh, let's so. take a quick break. Eric Francis, senior columnist, uh, analyst with Sportsnet, is going to come by. We'll talk about the Flames and their schedule against the New York Rangers at MSG. That and more after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne.
0: Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your
5: podcasts.
1: Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Wait on Eric Francis. Talk Calgary Flames. Talk out West. Kadri, a nice showing. Yeah, uh, all star. The
3: uh, accuracy shooting, not bad.
1: Well, most important thing is he knocked off Connor McDavid.
3: Yes, I mean Battle of Alberta, big victory for for the Flames.
1: Think Eric's got an opinion on uh, All Star Weekend.
3: <laughs> I sure hope so.
1: <laughs> I bet he does. I bet he does. Uh, at least not till Friday. Count, yeah, uh, that's tough Columbus
3: yeah that's tough too <laughs> get back-to-back CBJ here out of the gates it does uh
1: present itself an opportunity for the Leafs to kind of get on a roll and start banking some points
3: you think that's hard though to sell to the guys they're going on vacation to the Bahamas or wherever they are and it's like come back we need you fired up for uh the worst team in the league uh,
1: It starts to getting down to uh just being a pro about it yeah you know, and, and just having that mindset.
3: And when do you it, think they would come back? Like the team to actually like prepare and practice? I, I would think by Wednesday, yeah. everybody's
1: back. I'll tell you the the danger now, especially coming back, is if you're not on a charter, and we assume most of them are, mm-hmm. but airports and customs are a challenge now.
3: Just so, in terms of trying to get back from yeah, where you are? trying at?
1: to get back, like...
3: There's also peop- picking up whatever there, from travel.
1: There, there's a lot of people that uh, are just getting back from Florida to Toronto uh, on a flight because uh, their flight got canceled yesterday. Yeah. With no chance to 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 be rescheduled. They had to wait the next day. Had to go back to Fort Lauderdale and find their hotels for another yeah, 800 bucks You're coming bucks back tonight.
3: early unless you're Austin Matthews.
1: OK, let's welcome in Eric Francis, senior columnist and uh, doing a terrific job uh, on Sportsnet covering the Calgary Flames. Uh, Eric, how are you, pal?
7: I'm great, boys. How are you? I'm in New York, so it's all good. You, Kipper, you know this city well. This is one of the great cities of the world.
1: Yes. Uh, Dale Hunter, when I first played with the Washington Capitals on our first visit, uh, his his piece of advice was, boys, don't take a bite out of the Big Apple, because it'll bite you back. And that's <laughs> all I remembered. <laughs> that's it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. And uh, Ike Corvo, a uh, first rounder, uh, was mugged, and uh, they stole his overcoat. That's the other thing I remembered about New York City.
2: No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Those are the two things that warned me against New York. Anyways, uh, oh thanks for God. joining us. Uh, you know, we get the league going again. We get Calgary going again. Uh, just coming off the All-Star weekend. Uh, got anything you, you liked, you didn't like? Constructive criticism in terms of uh, maybe tweaking it, moving forward. Just get your thoughts.
7: We got a couple storylines, you know, coming out of the break in Calgary. They got Chris Tanev back, which is huge. They've won twice this year in nine games without Chris Tanev in the lineup. Like he's by far their most important player outside of their goaltending. And then the goaltender tonight will be Markstrom. You know, that's a tweak that people have been debating in Calgary forever. You know, Dan Vladar's on a thirteen-game point streak, uh, ties a franchise record, and yet this coach continues to just see Markstrom as the the number one starter. There's no one, one A, one B. It's just you know Markstrom for sixty, seventy percent of the time. And then the other thing is uh, Jacob Pelche is uh, you know in the lineup tonight. And in this city, you know we've had a we haven't had a lot of great young uh, prospects come up through the ranks over the years. Uh, they either make the jump right away like a guy like Goudreau or Kachuk, or or they just sit in the minors and never make it. And so they've got this. Peltier is a first-round draft pick. He's going to play in the top six tonight, and people are just really excited about this guy. He played on the World Junior team for Canada, and just a real character kid. And Everyone in this city is clamoring for this guy to get a real good shot. He's going to play top six now with uh, Huberdeau and uh, Cadre, and that's really exciting for people in Calgary. But, you know, these are little minutiae items I'm giving you. I know people in Toronto don't care about any of that stuff, but that's kind of the way this Calgary Flames team has been this year. Very beige. Uh, very nondescript, boring uh, hockey team that's that's that, that's failed in terms of their expectations. So I still think there's optimism, but so far it's been a lot of disappointment in Calgary.
2: Yeah, you, you
3: mentioned that there's still optimism, and I, like a lot of people, see this roster and think there's a lot more there. I mean, they're only a plus-five goal differential. They're on the outside of playoffs looking in right now. What are you expecting for the final 32 games from this team?
7: Uh, I still dig their playoff team. I, I just have a hard time looking at the talent, the depth, and the goaltending and the, the experience up the middle. And, you know, the, it, it's just not all come together at once. And that's the problem with any sort of consistency. And I, I just think with this coach, um, you know, they're always prepared. They always start well here in Calgary every night. Um, I just think that it's just, they're just too good to not make the playoffs. I don't. <laughs> Ask me if I think they can make any noise in the playoffs. That's a whole other question, and, and that's thirty games down the road anyway. But I, I think that they can turn this thing around, and I really think that the most important player moving forward is Huberto. If this guy can figure it out and be a difference maker again, uh, then this team should make the playoffs no problem. If he st- continues to struggle and, and, and to find his way like he has the first, you know, fifty games, then then they then maybe it will be a lot more trouble than I'm than I'm thinking.
1: So. I just got to wrap my head around the disappointment that you speak of when it comes to Calgary Flames' uh, season so far. So not that people are giving up by any stretch, but if, if you look at the first, what, 50 games, Eric, do people tend to look at uh, uh, the, the the lack of production from players first or do they revisit Daryl Sutter and his ability to motivate or still be uh, today's kind of coach? Is, is that where it's gotten yet? Or is it just like we're all keeping our powder dry until we see how this thing plays out?
7: Yeah, like I, there's been a lot more criticism of Sutter than last year when he walked on water here. and Of course, was coach of the year. And, and expectations were low and he turned everything around on a dime. Um, this year, the criticism for Sutter is not that he can't coach anymore. No, I haven't heard those whispers or he's the problem. Uh, the, the criticism of, of Sutter is the way he's handled these youngsters, these young, Jacob and, um, these. Again, I guess they're young or fringe players, and people in the city feel like he's, he's incapable of giving a rookie a chance. Uh, if you're Daryl Sutter, you basically look at it and you go, look, if you're proven and if you've won a, won a ring, I'll give you respect until you've won a ring or you've been in the league for 10 or 12 years as a leader, uh, he rarely, rarely cuts you any slack or gives you much opportunity, and that's the real criticism you're hearing from a lot of people in this city. Like, give these kids a chance. Uh, Expectations are what it's all about here in Calgary, guys. Like a year ago, like I said, they were playing with house money and they went and won the division. I mean, no wonder he won coach of the year. People just thought it was the greatest thing that ever happened. Uh, this year, expectations have flipped it on, it on its ear. And even though they lost Gaudreau and Kachuk with the guys they brought back in, the debate was, can they win the division again? Well, they're not winning this division again. They may not even make the playoffs. That's a huge departure from the expectations that they walked into the season with. So there is lots of chatter, lots of criticism to be thrown around. And that's a new thing for this team to, you know, compared to last year.
3: So Brad tree living basically won the off season. A lot of people thought when he had people leaving and he managed to get back great assets, you know, he's sitting here now going, boy, we can't miss playoffs after these two big moves. I'm sure. Do you expect the team to be active in the days ahead and or starting the weeks ahead? And if so, what, what would you expect to see? I
7: I don't, I mean, Hey, if they go on a real, real big run here between now and March 3rd, then, then I guess this GM is the kind of guy who would say, look, the team has spoken. They've merited me to make a couple big moves, but but when I say big moves, I, I don't think you're going to see anything of significance here. I mean, this team has not earned the right to to have a tremendous augmentation uh, in their roster, uh, and and plus also like if, if there's a chance they're going to miss the playoffs, like how is a GM do you justify throwing significant assets? at grabbing someone of significance at the trade deadline for a rental or whatever the case may be. So I think he's going to take his cues from this team over the next couple of weeks, how they respond out of the break here. Um, but but I do think, given assuming that they stay in this race and it's tight, I still think they'll go out and get a veteran defenseman. Like a Luke Shen or someone, you know, no, no one who's going to, you know, uh, be a big, big name, but a guy who's who's been there, done that, and like I said, with Sutter, just someone he could trust as a leader, high off the glass, just be a good, solid defensive defenseman. I, I'd be shocked if they didn't add some defensive help uh, for this team.
1: Well, their their trade deadline happened in the off season, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. and and Kadri signing, like Leaf fans are sitting there going, "Come on." Like what would what we wouldn't do for uh, uh, a major player like kadri or uh, mackenzie Weger uh to be added so i mean it would almost be uh an ambition of guilt that uh you know you haven't made the right moves if they did anything significant moving forward
7: yeah i mean i mean Again, with the expectations this year, I think that the GM probably would have told you in a, in a candid moment, you know, probably at the trade we're going to have somebody of significance because we're going to take a run at this thing. But <laughs> that hasn't happened at all. There's been so much change here, and that's, that's how the players and the general manager and the coach all talk about how this season has not gone the way they hoped it would. They, they, there was so much change that this is such a radically different team in their eyes that it's just taking time to, to, find, a, kinda, to find their way as a group. Um, so Adding more new faces probably is not the answer at this point in time, given how hard they've had a time, you know, how hard it's been for them to mesh together. So I, I everybody gets a little jazzed up about the trade deadline. I get it. But uh, in Calgary, I don't think you can expect for to be a significant player at all. I mean, even if they got a major injury, that would be even more reason why they wouldn't make a significant move.
3: Eric, how do you handicap the Pacific? Then, like the Flames are going to battle to get oh. in. Seattle's in first. You know the Kings are chasing. <laughs> Vegas has an injury to Stone. Edmonton's climbing. What are you, what are you looking at for the rest of the Pacific?
7: Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if Edmonton didn't win this division. I think really? you know they found their footing of late. And it, it, I guess the recent they show me the signs is like, what they've won, they've had points in seven games in a row or something coming to the break. But th- that's the Oilers team we expected all year long to be, you know, challenging for the division. I still don't think Seattle's going to be in the playoffs, but I mean, we've been saying that all year long and we said that same thing about Vegas for a couple of years in a row where we just didn't think that they had it. And uh, uh, so I expect them to kind of to Peter out. Vegas has not been playing very well of late at all. And that injury to stone is a big deal uh, for them for sure. So uh, there's some suspects that I think they're going to start to see fall a little bit, Vegas, Seattle, Um and I think the Flames are going to be a team that's going to, you know, not surge but but do better coming out of this break. And then I think the Oilers are going to just uh, put their, their foot to the pedal and uh, uh, the pedal to the floor, and, and, and I think they're going to win this division. Uh, I'm not going to say going away, but I, I would think that they're going to win it uh, with, with some points to spare. Tonight
1: against the rain this is a big game uh, in terms of at least, Eric, setting a tone for what – you know, this, the last 30 games could look like, uh, especially for Markstrom.
7: Every game is, is important in terms of setting a tone for Markstrom. This guy is just, he hasn't been awful, but you guys see the numbers there. He's not, his safe percentage is not in the nine hundreds. Uh, his goals against average is not what it was near last year. Uh, this guy's really struggling with his confidence. Guys, I watch him in practice. He's breaking sticks over the net. He's throwing his stick. Wow. Uh, earlier this year, you heard him talk about how oh, he sucks at hockey. And, and again, I guess give him credit for being honest and and, and, and and not trying to mask it. But but goalies are usually pretty good at masking that stuff because it's important that they do that. Um, he's not been able to do that. So there's a lot going on in his life, um, you know, on and off the ice that I think that uh, it's, it's really affected him. He's really struggled mentally uh, with the game this year. Uh, the guy was the second-best goalie on the planet last year. I still think there's reason for optimism. But uh, if you took a poll out of 100 Flames fans, how many want Markstrom to start tonight? You might get 15 percent of the people who say yes. That he's lost the faith of the people in the city, and that, that that speaks more to the fickle nature of fans than it does, you know, his future uh, hopes. Like he, he's going to return to form, but people in the city are like, why would you struggle through that when you've got Bladar, who's the people's champion here in Calgary?
3: right well eric by just checking the fine print of my contract by law i have to ask you about the try toronto, toronto maple leafs um they're coming out of a deadline here and or sorry coming out of a break and heading towards a deadline where they're probably going to be active what do you make of the leafs this season and their chances of having things go differently in the postseason than past years
7: i i hey i'm from toronto i've watched it like everybody else has and just can't believe you know how 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 unfortunate things have <laughs> un, unroll, you know unfolded in the playoffs over the last while I, I, I still feel like this is the year they finally break that cycle i 'm not saying they 're going to win the cup i don 't i 'm not not going to go there, but i I would be just absolutely stunned if this team can 't win in the first round, and I know it has to do with who they draw in the first round mm-hmm. and all these other things and We've been saying this a million years about these guys. I, I just think it's a stronger, deeper team that's been through all that adversity. And again, those are all things that we've said a million times about them over the last handful of years. But from afar, my view is they're undoubtedly going to win at least one round, probably two this year, if you ask me. But again, it all, it all depends who they match up with. And as you guys know, like it's, still, it's easy to be all optimistic for any team right now. More pessimistic, but 30 games is a lot of games still, and so much can change. You guys could get an injury in Toronto in the last week or two, a significant injury, and that changes the outlook on everything, especially if it's a goaltender. So I'm still optimistic. It's a hell of a team in Toronto, and even if you're going to be pessimistic in Toronto, you always have to give credit for the incredible group that they've assembled, and, and their numbers speak for themselves so far this year.
1: One more. Let's leave it on the battle of uh, Alberta regarding at least the the Pacific division. I think before the all-star break, Justin Bourne, uh, my good buddy here, said that uh, he thinks the Oilers may be in a position to start kind of running away with this thing. Uh, uh, You see it the same way?
7: Yeah, I do. Like, I think they can win this division and... uh... You know it's unfortunate when you talk about the Battle of Alberta, the schedulers and all their wisdom. Uh, there are no more games between Edmonton and Calgary this year. Their last one was uh, December 27th, and uh, that's a real shame because coming down the stretch, I do think these are two teams that, even though things haven't gone the way everyone expected this year, surely the schedule makers should have been know- should have known that it's probably going to those two teams are going to be in the mix right. for those top three spots in the division, and you want those matchups late in the season uh, on ratings nights. So <laughs> I don't know it. I think Edmonton is going to be the team to beat in the Pacific, no question about it. Uh as long as those two main horses stay healthy. And it you know what? We always talk about the two big boys there. Zach Hyman, guys, and I know you know this in Toronto, like underrated like crazy. One of the most well-rounded guys in the league in terms of complimenting players like this guy, I know they miss him in Toronto. I know there's fans who probably were just so sad when they lost. Stop, him. Stop.
1: Sammy's crying right now. Our producer <laughs> is crying right now. you got to stop Eric right now. <laughs>
7: I'm sorry, but it's obvious he's, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a. I don't. I'm not shedding any new light on it for you guys.
1: <laughs> well, listen. Uh, enjoy your stay in in New York. Make sure you you know when you go to your hotel room, you put that extra latch on. Okay.
7: Okay. okay good idea. And listen, to this this is for you, okay. cat. That's me taking a bite out of the big apple.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very nice.
7: Eric.
1: Eric Francis, senior columnist uh, with Sportsnet.ca, does a terrific job covering uh, the Calgary Flames. Uh, Guys, I am shocked Mm -hmm. when we spoke of this trade, the big one, Matthew Kachuk to Florida, how this was going to benefit both teams. And it is shocking for me that we're talking about two teams that may not make the playoffs. Yeah. As a possibility.
3: For sure. No, the, the Flames team, I think you can argue that they're the biggest disappointment this year. I mean, I understand that they lost two pretty good players from last season, but, you know, they they brought in a couple of good ones, too. I mean, between Kadri and Huberto and Uyghur, he expected things to go well. So, listen, the Pacific Division is so tight. Like, it's the only place in the NHL where you can climb quickly. They're, you know, tied with Colorado for the last wild card spot, but... They're at fifty-seven points. The first place in the division, sixty-three. <laughs> you know, like it's not uh, the season's not over for them. The the one thing, and
1: I've talked to a few people that have covered the Calgary Flames and watched them a lot closer than I have, is that they're slow. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: You know, guys like, like Toffoli is not lightning, and you think of their top guys. It's, yeah, I could see that. Not a fast yeah. group. I you know I think. Sutter, having the success that he had in Los Angeles is probably okay with that, with having guys that are experienced, heavy, you know, veteran guys and not being the young, fast team that's making mistakes all over the rink. I bet that's his preference.
1: We've got uh, Kevin Kurz coming up uh, to talk about Bo Horvat, uh, the New York Islanders, how it's been well-received. But uh, before, maybe we could just talk a, a little bit about Lou Lamarillo's comments. Sammy, do we have those? We do have them. Yeah. I found this, uh, this clip by Lou Lamborello unlike Lou, to be honest with you. But let's just have a listen. Okay. Well, all I can Boy. tell you is it's too long and it's too much money. <laughs> 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 uh,
5: yeah,
1: so well, that's, that's, I mean, you want the truth?
5: No, no, no. Well, that, that was going to lead into my next point. Is. Next
1: question. <laughs> See, that, that, that's unlike Lou to me. How What's so? Floored by that. Because Lou doesn't come out and give opinions. He's a very straight, factual guy. He doesn't lend towards any type of controversy. Let uh, alone levity. And, but, you know, okay, so when did, when did levity come into Lou's uh, yeah. uh, shtick? I don't know. Right? When did he become funny guy? When it was like, I'm going to make the media laugh here. Yeah.
3: That's so un-Lew. Lou. is fairly un Lou, but I will say the contract is not un Lou. This is the guy who gave the Kovalchuk contract out. You know he's not afraid to go big but that i was the, I, I his
4: contract I,
3: of so all. go back
1: go back to kovachuk's no no thought of I gave him too much money or it's too long mm. i to me, if I'm Bo Horvat listening to that, I'm not getting off to a great start right now because you feel like you overpaid for me,
3: yeah. I don't I,
1: I, I don't like that. I agree. From Bo Horvat's perspective is I'm 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 here, I've made a major commitment to you, and the first thing that you say to me is uh it I'm
3: not worth it. You know, he it depends if Bo's a sensitive guy or not. Because if he's not, you could see the way that he's goofing around, like the guy just spent a lot of money, you know, eight year deal for you, and you could see Bo being like ah
1: But it's not
4: like Lou. It's not like Lou. You know, but for the record...
3: If someone's going to give
4: me $68 million, they can say whatever the I hell know. they want. I,
3: I don't think it's a terrible contract. Like, I I feel like it's almost like getting Tavares here for Toronto where part of getting someone to come here over somewhere else is you pay a bit of a tax. So you don't even get to investigate the market. We're going to give you an extra million bucks per year for that. You know, so you don't even get to see what else is out there. Just commit to us before you even go on another date. You're paid, you pay a tax for that. And... You know, if he reverts to being 50, 60 point Bo Horvat and, you know, by the time the cap, you know, four years from now is whatever, it's a much smaller percentage. I don't hate the deal, but I'm with you, Lou, that it's too much and too long. Should he be killed for saying so? Maybe a little. <laughs> you know, you're an actual GM in Beau, that case. Bo is having a career year, which... He's going to score 50. Right? I shooting 21% right now. Vancouver. again.
1: Van again. Vancouver. Uh well aware that they did not see him in that same light mm-hmm. that they probably see him in that fifty to sixty range or uh second line, third line scenario, yeah. not a centerpiece. And to your point, he's got a shooting percentage right now that he's not a Vetchkin. will never match no. moving forward. At least you you don't think so. And if he does everybody comes down to earth. Hell. Like Chris Kreider. Yeah. What did he score last year? 52? Yeah,
3: 52 or something like that. Yeah.
1: With a off the charts shooting percentage? Yeah.
3: And he's going to play the same hockey this year and score 35.
1: Austin. 35 is good. Austin's shooting percentage has come d- back to earth. Right.
4: Yeah. But no, it's been uncommon. A, but there's been a high sample size with Matthews. Yes, and of course. Percentage. No, no, no. I'm not comparing his, them. His dad's shooting saying, percentage is more the outlier than the high one. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm just saying that if yeah. it comes down to earth. Are people going to be okay with uh, Bo Horvat maybe one year scoring 26 goals?
3: I think if you have a, you know, a, a second line center who gets 30 goals and, you know, does, he's a pro, he's a captain material guy, you know, I, it's not that far off value to me for what he's worth. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's
0: okay. crippling.
3: All
1: let right, right, uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we got Kevin Kurz, New York Islanders beat writer for The Athletic. He's going to come uh, and give us uh, the feel of Bo Horvat, the contract, and thoughts on Lou's comments as well. It's real Kipper and Bourne. More after the break.
0: Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You think
3: Lou Lamarillo is just warming up? I think you've heard the last of his funny jokes. So that's what I think. <laughs> but yeah, I think he'll, they'll do something else.
1: I think. I think he's shown his cards uh, yeah. on on what how direction he, they're going. Yeah, what direction they're going, and how important the rest of the uh, the season is. Okay, let's welcome in Kevin Kurz. Does a terrific job covering the New York Islanders for the Athletic. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us. And just to kind of recap what we saw out of uh, the contract, and we'll get to the contract for a second, but we are focusing on Lou's comments about the contract being uh, too much money and too much term. But, you know, Kevin, when I think of general managers or coaches or personalities out there that have this uh, this humor about them and uh, can make the media laugh, Lou doesn't come to mind for me.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I, I would tend to agree. Um, you know, I I don't know if he said that because he was trying to get a get a laugh out of everyone, or you know, obviously there's some truth to that, and he's probably just lamenting the fact that that's the cost of doing business these days, where you want to lock up a very good player who's a pending unrestricted free agent for the long term, so. Um, you know, it is a long contract. It is an expensive contract. We'll see if, uh, you know, in the coming. Oh
4: boy. That's the the sound. The worst sound in sports. (laughs) I'll call that. (sighs)
2: Sammy. Get
3: the cell towers figured out, Sammy. No, no. I always blame Sammy. This is the producer's hardship. The insta blame. So
1: Yeah. He was just talking about, uh, Lou. Mm -hmm. I mean that comment and he's right. You don't really like, I I don't think Lou set out to make the media laugh on it.
3: You know, you hit a certain age and you you hear people just start saying the thing that they think. (laughs) Okay. We got, we
1: got, uh, Kevin Kurz back. Uh, JT was just saying that you know you hit a certain age where uh, you just stop caring about what you say sometimes. Is, is that where <laughs> yeah. is that where we are with Lou at this point?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we are. It's uh, you know he, he's it's it's a very unique situation. I think for him and the organization because they're in this brand new building, right? It's uh, they didn't have any playoff games in there last year. You don't want to go 2 years without any playoff games in in this sparkling new arena. So, you know, to me that the trade just simply signifies that they're going to do everything they can to get in the playoffs. And I, and I heard you guys talking about it a little bit before. I mean, I would think there's more moves to come because you know, I, I,
3: Oh no, Bonk City a USA! Du- we got double, double bonked. Door. A double bonk. It's it's the double <laughs> D. on. would you call it? A dunk? <laughs> double dunk? Is it? Double bonk? Bonk. We got bonk. I don't know what we're calling it. We got double donked.
1: Bonked. Am I boinked. calling him back here? Yeah, you are. Yeah, tell them to call on a
3: landline Do people really know what that is anymore? I actually, I was recently asked for that for an interview And they're like, landlines only And I was like, well, then find another guest I wouldn't know where to find a landline Oh, you don't have one? Not even have, where would? Where do they you exist? You
1: don't have one? No We have one For just to collect spam calls on? No, you know what we have it for?
3: <laughs>
1: I'll tell you why we have a landline Please do To find our cell phone <laughs>
3: You call your own phone yes. from the landline.
1: That's the majority of our calls now yeah. having a landline. I pay twenty bucks a month. So a landline I can for, find myself a phone finder. My 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 <laughs> phone uh, cell in the couch.
3: I will say I have been. I think when I lived in Arizona, the wireless and TV package was cheaper if you also got a landline. So we had a landline. Literally to make, like, I, I don't I don't really get it. But I've not just get so bad calls I, on it.
1: We've had, uh, you know, we sold our house. We're in another place. I've had this uh, landline for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Do you know the number? I barely r- remember the area code. <laughs> yeah. Forget the number. I'm like 416-647. Uh, I-, I don't know. Yeah.
2: no, but, and that,
3: so... Then I got to
1: look in
4: my phone to find it. And then you end up with situations like... We're getting Kevin to move locations. Just stand by here.
3: Okay. Is the, the Bermuda Triangle wasn't working out for him? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stand by. But yes, okay, Islanders, so he's making the point about UBS Arena. You don't want to go two years without making the playoffs or having playoff games in there. Do you want to go six without making playoffs if you trade away your firsts and your prospects? Like, there's not no risk here in adding Horvat. You know, they they haven't had a first rounder for four years now. It's going to be four years.
1: Kevin, do I dare ask if you're here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll try it again here. I don't know what's going on. I no. relocated to my hotel lobby here. Maybe it's still a better reception. So, no yeah, problem. hopefully this will work.
1: <laughs> no problem. So, uh, just pick up wherever you feel like you've left off uh, regarding. Sure, Lee. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to me that the trade was a, was was um, an indication that they're going to try to make the playoffs this year. And you, you look at the roster, Horvat's going to help their biggest need, which is just having a guy that can finish on chances and help the power play. But uh, I think they need more. You look at the roster, I think the, you're, you're probably short another forward. And they've been talking about trying to add another puck-moving defenseman um, since last offseason. So you wonder if that's something they're looking at now too.
3: Yeah, Devin Taves would be nice, just thought I'd throw that out there. But, um, he, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it is interesting to see them kind of push all their chips in and it changes the way their lineup looks considerably as it looks like Matthew Barzell is going to play the wing. How should we feel mm-hmm. about that? This guy you've given this long-term deal to suddenly now being asked to be a winger, not a center.
0: Well, the biggest reason for that, I think, is that he has been awful in the face-off circle this year. He's at thir- like 35%. Wow. Um, and Wayne Lambert has essentially taken him out of the face-off circle for, for the last little while. So that probably has something to do with it. And, you know, he's been starting, um, Lambert, that is, has been starting Barzell pretty much primarily in the offensive zone. You know, he doesn't take any defensive zone draws, um, probably partly because of, of, of that face-off number. But... You know, you're you're putting a playmaker in Barzell with a guy that can finish in Horvat, and this team has been for years, I think, looking for ever since Jordan Everly went to the Kraken, looking for someone.
4: It's it. It's over. No more curse. The hat trick. The hat trick. <laughs> He's completed the hat trick. I told him I'm, we're done. Throw your spectacles on the ice. It's so weird because it's not. It sounds fine. Completely normal. And yeah. Then, no. No. Know. No.
1: No. 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 I knew. Uh, a minute ago, it, it had a wobble. And <laughs> speed there was, wobble? Yeah, there was, a speed, <laughs> text, there was huh? a speed wobble there where he kind of faded out, and I'm like, ah, oh, this has no chance. Really? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Did you, you didn't pick up on that? No. That's a good catch. That's a veteran radio guy. I, I mean, listen, we do a million radio interviews. I mean, it wobbles never. once in a it, it wobbles once in a while. But Kevin has made history on Real Kip Unborn. We have never had the triple doink. The triple doink. <laughs> the <a> triple doink. <laughs> okay, but like, do you even try to get people to call landlines? Kipper. <laughs> or, or the, nobody has one anymore. I, I mean, I'm going to make Kevin drive home oh, from I don't Philly. Know where to... He is. Well, I mean, he's on the road in Philly. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Listen, no one has a landline. Yeah. The only person that might have a landline is Lou Lamorello. <laughs> he, might <have> to go, <laughs> <laughs> he might have to go borrow oh, Lou's landline. He's
1: going to borrow Mitch Marner's
4: uh, phone from the beach. <laughs> so he <laughs> just, just texted uh, the text line and said, Sammy, you work two hours a day. Get the damn connection fixed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: two hours a day. <laughs> Thank, That's thanks, cruel the Sammy. Really appreciate that. The
3: man puts in hours. So, oh, I, my God.
1: I, I thought prior to uh, Kevin getting uh, zoinked, Double, double it works bond. all
3: over the words here.
1: You made a, a valid point that, like, how many guys make nine million dollars and said, "Yeah, we're going to try you in a new position now."
3: Yeah, right away, like as the contract starts. And is, that's Barzell, if, of but, course, we're talking. But I mean, thirty-five percent in the face-off circle. I didn't realize it was that bad. That's you've talked this year about Tavares struggling on the power play, you know, winning draws. If if you can't win. Forty-five percent of your draws as a center—you almost can't play the position. Oof, Oof indeed. Oof. <laughs> Any surprise
1: that was uh, Beauvillier? Bo- uh, Bo- uh, Bovillier,
3: Bevilier, yeah.
1: Any surprise there? Like, I, I was, I thought maybe a, a Josh, Josh Bailey would have been more of a, a dump of yeah. contracts than Beauvillier.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Like Bovillier, I think they kind of gave up hope that he could be what they wanted. You know, they want to win in playoffs this year and. Bailey's a smart player and does the right things. Bavillier kind of underperforming and four point whatever next year. So not shocked. One thought I do have on this trade that I wanted to throw in there is that when you trade a draft pick, you know, there's uncertainty. Prospect, that, that you're talking about. No draft pick. Not oh, Bavillier it'll, 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 or the, Ratsy. The, the, first, the, the first.
1: That, that can be uh, as high as 12 and is lottery
4: protected.
3: Right. When you trade for those type of things and you get a guy back, you are guaranteeing an asset. You are definitely getting someone to play. I think of the Bruins who had 13, 14, 15 as a pick and picked Zaboral, Sinitian, and DeBrusque. You know, like people miss where that draft pick is. And so just in terms of the Islanders and liking the trade, that's another reason I like it fine for them is there's no misc risk. You are getting a a player. Ati? Atu Ratu. Atu Ratu. 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 Do
1: you know anything about him?
3: Yeah, I do. Great shot. Um, You know, really, really good guy in terms of getting, you know, when he has time and space to shoot it, bigger body, kind of waiting on his foot speed to come around. Don't love that generally, right? Tough to be slow.
1: Listen, we we know Lou Lamorello historically, uh, one of the best general managers, engineers of uh, championship hockey. Yes. All of it. Like it's well-documented. Hall of Famer. Yeah. What happens if this doesn't work and they miss the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Where is Lou with the Islanders moving forward? Do you think there is a possibility that they could go, "Uh, Lou, time's up? I do. Or would Lou be in a position to move up Uh. and then bring someone else for the day-to-day operations? Kyle, do this.
3: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> After he gets fired from Toronto, do this. It is, it, it's an interesting question, but I don't think that Lou is capable of being a casual advisory guy. I just don't think that's in his DNA. And I think that if you're tired of Lou, you're tired of Lou. Like you've had enough. So, you know, Do you
1: think that's a possibility if they miss the playoffs? Like you know, like we said, two, two years in a row, a new building, no huge, playoffs?
3: Huge risks too, right? Like, I mean, he's given out big contracts and they're trying to put a playoff team on the ice and you've traded assets. You know, I think the criticism of Lou in New Jersey would have been, you know, what he left, with the, left them with wasn't a pretty picture. Um, and the Isles here, no draft picks. Not, not, nothing in the prospect pipeline that's particularly moving. Like, they have gone all in on now, and if now isn't good enough, then, yeah, I can see them saying, what are we doing here with this guy?
1: I am the first. For the record, I don't think that's how it should go. I, but. I am the first one to say, hey, someone wants to throw me 68000000 million. I'm, I'm scratching real fast. Yeah. But there is a, also a risk on Bo Horvat's outside of the guaranteed money, yeah. and that is, to your point, that if it's not heading in in a great direction, this is a team with, like, not a lot of... Right,
3: you could be bad for a while. You
1: could if, be bad for a while if this thing goes south.
3: For sure. You know, I look at this lineup, and it is a different way to build the team. You know, Barzell stands alone as a young, you know, dynamic player, but Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Parisi, Peugeot, Martin, Sazikas. Bailey Horvat like they're a big veteran solid group but you know if you're too slow yeah it's it's real trouble for sure so yes he's taking a risk but the other risk is you snap your Achilles and you never get the 68 million dollar contract so I know you got a little bit of bias but
1: I also know you uh uh give a pretty honest opinion here yeah uh, I hope so chances that this works they make the playoffs who misses out
3: See, that is a great question because it's not do I think they're good. It's, you know, the two teams in the wildcard spots are Washington and Pittsburgh, and they're good. If someone is to fall out, it's the Penguins for me who are pretty flawed guys. You know, they're not not huge. Their goaltending is a question mark. Like, Penguins aren't a lock. That's, you
4: know, them and Buffalo are chasing it down. Did yeah. you catch? The, Sorry. I was just going to say, Kipper, that they don't have just one team to contend with if they want to get into the playoffs, right? Like, Florida's a point behind them now. Uh, Buffalo's a point ahead of them. Like, with two games in hand, and yeah. that stuff matters now. And after all those bad things said about Ottawa, they're flirting around there. They're only six points back. Oh, well, it's going to be a, a game, great a game, race. With a, game in, with a game in hand there. Like, they, if they get hot, too. Great race to get beaten by Boston in five. Yeah, eh? it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and there
1: are a lot of nervous Penguins fans. Yeah. I think Ron Hextall addressed the media the other day. And they've been waiting for a very long time for for something significant, and I, the significant part was uh, re-signing Malkin and Latang. If you mm-hmm. ask me, that was a major, major commitment. Right. But I, I think it's clear that something's missing there as well, and uh, yeah. they they've got a lot of work to do. If, uh, but as we know, Ron Hextall's reputation is he he won't do something for the sake of doing something mm-hmm. he'll he'll stand pat
3: which is interesting because it does feel like more than ever the nhl is results driven or you lose your job and you know the, this is a team that also like the islanders it's now or never when your core is all paid and it's crosby and malkin and Latang. you know those are big deals to older guys so i don't see how you stand pat if,
4: if you've already made the commitment to those guys they- did you guys want to stay in that division and talk about this Tortorella letter that he released today? Did I didn't you, see it. Released a, f- a letter to the fans today, Tortorella. Yeah, Tortorella about um, how the to the season ticket to, holders. To, yeah, to the season ticket holders. Did uh, can, like, can you read it? I'll, uh, I'll give you a portion. Is it, is we it, suck. <laughs> <laughs> right. What a job!
2: Right.
4: <laughs> uh, can you completely read it, or did it's they, long? Did the crayon smudge? It's,
3: it's long. It is
4: long. So I'll just read you. A, it said, you know. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna lie to you. I want to be clear about this. We're not there yet. This year was the first step in building the future for the Flyers and restoring a reputation as one of the most respected teams in hockey. Just that that tone. It was a lot. We of, suck. We- I, I know.
3: <laughs> I know that people are turning on me in my first year, but we expected to be bad. This is part of the process. Bear with me. Is the tone of the letter. Not quite the New York Rangers letter the, the, to the season ticket holders about the rebuild, but a little bit. We're of, in
4: the thick of the it, season right now, and we're going to see how our group responds to challenges that they lay ahead with a grueling schedule. It's a grind, but all of, a, all of that is extremely important to see what we have and what we need to move forward. This excites me because I can promise you this, the answers to those questions will come, and on and on and on.
1: We haven't on done it. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I find that incredibly strange.
3: Do you? Strange.
1: Yes. Yes.
3: This is the era of communication.
1: Why? Why now? And why Tortorella? That's to me as a general manager. Can I tell you my first thought: letter attendance.
3: That's my first thought. Is Comcast and everyone else like he actually says? Like you know, we need you. The, the bottom paragraph, Sam, isn't there? Like a we need you to be a part of this. We need the fans. They are that we ne- scared.
4: We need you with us. Yeah, we need you we're with us. We're going to get through this right. We're going to make you proud, and together we're going to remind everyone They're that, scared what this team that, is, that people well, are disappearing. That's look- Jeb Bush saying, please clap. Well, listen, I mean, not to get too other sport-focused here, though, but the Philadelphia 76ers are one of the best teams in the NBA. The Philadelphia Eagles are now in the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Phillies were in the World Series. They were a really good team this year, and they just made a. I think they signed Trey Turner in the offseason. They're going to be on the up and up. Like the Flyers are like Flyers Konechny. Flyers are completely like they should not be an irrelevant franchise in the NHL. Like you've said a million times, Kipper. It's you know it's one of the best better league when they're good. yeah hundred uh, percent. We're yeah we're 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 a worse league without them. Being, agree. Uh, and I agree. Like I uh, hate the Flyers. I hate the Flyers. Those battles with the Leafs and I was a kid. Like I. They always had this disdain towards the Flyers. You should never not be thinking about the Flyers, and you look at their market; it's they're kind of getting buried here.
3: Yeah, I,
1: I get it, but like a letter, I didn't gonna like get me to begging go people to like you, and you know, yeah, it's you, never really convinced any like
4: me. <laughs> I'm really nice. Kipper, that's what I did with the first time we met. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like,
4: Jesus, how the hell am I going do this? <laughs> on Please like you. me.
1: Please like me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think there could have been better ways to kind of remind people of that without actually writing a
3: letter on your hands and knees. I, I think the... the a fair question is did he just decide to do that impromptu like he wanted not a chance right so no, then not a chance
1: designed is it related to the Provera public pr mess i would think that that was
4: uh had something to do with it
1: i would think that this is uh comcast the owners i guess of the philadelphia flyers going uh you are our face you're the one that people relate to you need to do this not uh chuck fletcher mm-hmm. our general manager
4: yeah, I would. And would you say? I mean, I have no idea of that market, but I would say that you know, John Tortorella has a little more leash in that market than Chuck Fletcher would at this point. No, I in gotta, terms, I gotta believe Chuck's leash is up. They're holding right now. That's what I mean. And like John Tortorella, Tortorella, at least is sort of a star coach who is just there for the first year. I would say he probably has a little bit more clout at this point.
3: Yeah,
1: and I think. What was your question? If this had anything to do with pro uh, pro?
3: Yeah, the PR.
1: No, no, this. This has everything to do with where they are in the standings. And I guess, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that, to Sammy's point, Eagles are looking at a Super Bowl. Other sports are thriving. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't forget about us uh, before you focus on the Super Bowl all weekend or all all week.
3: You know, they're a 500 hockey team. I understand not in reality, but they're 21-21-9. You know, they're ahead of Detroit, Montreal, and Columbus right now. Yeah. Well, with games in hand, sorry. Or, or Sorry, without games in hand. But, you know, it hasn't been an abject disaster. So, it well, is strange.
1: I think the last two and a half, three years, your your biggest star is your mascot.
3: Right. Who's That's the, yeah, the face of the
1: franchise who do right now. you most
3: want to watch on the Flyers when you go to yes. the rink right now? And Kevin Hayes ain't it? Like, gritty. Yeah, Gritty's ahead of Konechny, Provorov, D'Angelo, Carter Hart.
1: And that's, that's an issue.
3: Yeah. Need a Bonner Kadard or someone that sounds like that. That'd be a great place for him to go. Love for him to go to Philly. Big time. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed that. Connor oh, Bernard. Connor Bedard. Oh, boy. Wouldn't that be a great landing spot? That
1: would be a fantastic one. Welcome
3: room. to the
4: NHL. Torch is your coach. Yeah. Defense. I, I actually. Defense. I wouldn't mind Columbus either as a landing spot for him. Just what a bad take that is. Well, no, it's, No, but the, the, listen, if
1: you're going to commit... Eastern
4: Conference, you're playing against relevant teams. If you are
1: going to commit to these franchises, and Arizona would be, like, the number one. Good or bad? Nightmare. That if I'm the league, yeah, I want him to go to Arizona.
3: You want him to play in Mullet Arena for no, three I, years?
1: Yeah, oh, no, on. I want him... Well, if Gary. No, he helps build an arena. He helps the process. He changes people's attitudes. And Philly... Come on. They lived it with Eric Lindros. Yeah. They made the trade for Lindros, and as like a snap of a finger, they got a brand new uh, building off of Eric Lindros'
3: back. Connor Bedard sold out the saddle dome for a junior hockey Yeah, but that's Canada. Day. Yeah, you no, you can have, you no, can but have that's Wayne Gretzky You're gonna put in yeah. those 19, You're now going to put him in front of 4,800 every night? Okay, for, that's your point. I thought yeah. you meant no. like maybe like there's yeah. a. Like for, for a year. No, my point is like here like, or two. What are we
1: doing? For a year or two? Yeah, maybe.
3: Yeah, my agent's telling you
1: just you well, know that's a different topic of <laughs> right, conversation. You're right, you're right. Yeah. But I'm just telling you that if I'm if if I haven't moved the Arizona Coyotes now, I'm all in.
3: Oh yeah. No, right? that no, that is a clincher so for I, sure. Th-
1: this is the greatest hockey asset moving forward
3: uh on the planet. I think Bedard would pass Shane Doan's career scoring record by his
4: fourth season or thereabouts. That would be
3: unbelievable for
4: them. Uh, yeah, I think you could have Wayne Gretzky in his prime at Mullen Arena right now, and you'd probably still get 3K a night. I, <laughs> I you know, honestly don't think it matters. All right. Do we have a, a few oh, uh, clues and notes? we got a, uh, we got a bunch of
1: uh, Ga- uh, Gary Bettman All right. Uh, let's go to start? Commissioner Gary Bettman, Bill Daly. They had a press conference on Saturday. Uh, a lot of different topic of conversation. Uh Let's start with the salary cap. Bill
4: Daly.
5: Well, actually, there is a competition committee, and we have
6: this. There's really no change uh, in our projections from where we were in December, so uh, it remains the same. Um, and we have not engaged with the Players Association on on this specific issue at all since December either. They seem to be otherwise occupied on on, uh, important matters, so uh, I'm sure when the time's right, we'll get to it.
1: Well, it's hard because uh, there's no one to really talk to in the PA. They're looking for a new executive director. Mm -hmm. The name Marty Walsh has come up, a former mayor of Boston.
3: I was going to ask you. Who's that? No disrespect to Marty Walsh. I just don't know who it yeah. is.
4: Former mayor of Boston. Interesting. Any hockey ties?
3: Uh, none that I know of. Just Alan's brother. That's all.
1: <laughs> no no relation to uh, Alan Walsh, the prominent uh, agent in the National Hockey League.
4: Don't you think they should have
1: a... I guess it doesn't. Uh, this one's off the charts, boys, for sure, for me, anyways. Uh, but a well-known politician on the East Coast... That has no particular hockey background, to my knowledge. Can I give you a hot would, take but, on that? But would come in as uh, someone that is knows the political landscape of yeah. negotiating yeah. contracts, be, uh, CBAs. Maybe that's maybe that's the hook here. Okay. But I, I don't know how hard that's going to be needed moving forward on a on a system that already works predominantly on fifty fifty.
3: You know, I. I I vacillate on this. How much do you think having hockey? I feel like hockey is a unique little animal. Like you have to understand the ins and outs of this sport and its history and its cultural impacts and all that, you know, to understand it. And not that I guess that's just a separate entirely business aspect. Is that fair? Like you don't need the hockey side for that part. I know I'm not trying to be like a gatekeeper that someone from the outside couldn't come in and do a great job. Maybe he can. It just, hockey's weird.
1: It is weird. And under any circumstance, whatever you're uh, dealing with, Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer of uh, pick your poison or pick your battles. Mm -hmm. And I think you do have to have a culture and understanding of, of the game and and what's important to the players and what's not. and, and Strikes what, we've been through. What, uh, and... No, forget that for a second. But little stuff, too. What matters to players, what doesn't. What's, where you want to draw the line on, on stuff that you believe in and where principles lie. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of the tradition of, of what you're fighting for as well. I mean, it's hard for someone to come in on the outside and, and have that grasp. It's going to take a lot of hand holding
3: right which you'd like to not have to do with the head of a pretty big entity personally that's why well, they thought,
1: tried it but... a, few, uh, a while ago with uh, paul kelly who came off i think the heels of ted saskin if i am remembering this correctly and Will he defer. didn't he, he did not last and he was a, a major prosecutor out of boston mm-hmm. as well and my guess is paul kelly would know marty walsh they'd ha- they would have crossed paths yeah. they might even be friends i don't know Um, But uh, it did not fare well for for Paul Kelly, and the longer he stayed, the more people felt, uh, players, that um, the hand-holding is just a little bit too much of a a task right now.
3: Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, We do have more clips, Kipper. Do you want to do? Okay. Oh, this one's good. Okay.
1: The playoff format. Yes. Yeah, let's go to Gary Bettman, Bill Daly on the playoff format.
5: Well, actually, there is a competition committee, and we have discussions about the game all the time, and that's actually the best place to talk about it. I thought the Athletic did a poll, and it was 14 against and 2 in favor of having a play-in round. Uh, You know, the debate of 1 versus 8... Uh, Then you it's not just that you've got to also look at then changing the wild card and you've got to start looking at the matchups in terms of how many times everybody's playing everybody else if you're having conference based playoffs. So it's not as simple as saying I'd like one versus eight versus what we have. It involves a whole host of other issues that have to be addressed. And by the way, since uh, the last time we polled the general
6: managers on this, which was only two years ago, two-thirds of them favored keeping the playoff system the way it is. Doesn't mean you don't revisit it, uh, talk about it again, but this is not some burning issue out there.
3: Man, he's good at grabbing a selective poll that suits him, huh?
4: The thing that kills me is like, we, it just makes it seem like there's all these hoops they have to do. You are literally the commissioner. You're the hoop. Dude. it we do not agree. Yeah, like it's like he makes it he has such a great way of making it yeah, seem oh, it's, like it's yeah. this huge. You know, it's like sure it's a big thing. You could you just it. do it. You did Why it for are doing it. Because I'm the commissioner. M- for how many years? It was one versus eight? It's yeah. not it's like, oh, you gotta protect the wild who gives a
3: protect the wild card. You made the wild card.
4: That's your creation. <laughs> and Toronto may
1: very well still play Tampa, but we don't have to know in November. Exactly. Yeah.
4: That's exactly let, it. Let, let us find out in April. Agreed. And yeah. when Sidney Crosby is speaking out on this, I think, like, they I get actually, some attention. I think it matters. Yeah. Like, Sidney Crosby saying that he prefers one versus eight should hold some weight with Gary Batman. Team. Well, and what's, you know, what's interesting too is you only play your own division, you know, four
3: times, sometimes three times. You're playing everyone else two times. You know, it's a very even distribution of games played. It's it's fine to go one versus eight. I don't I don't really see the issue. I know they want to go more division heavy. They want six division games and just two against everyone else in the league. And then it makes sense to have a divisional format if you're really in your own division for the regular season. But
2: yeah, that's
1: just
3: not the case I, right I don't, now.
1: I don't see anything changing anytime soon. Would but, you want more divisional play Sorry. when when there are going to be changes? I, I would probably say in, in another three or four years, we're going to see maybe a, a qualifying situation. We're going to see more games, more money. They're not going to leave that off the table. It's just too much money. I put what, we've, what we see in the playoffs now compared to their stance on either gambling or, or putting logos on your the jerseys. Yeah. We're never right? going to do that. Never until gonna we Never going to do that. It's not in our plans. Gambling's not in our plans. Uh, putting a, a, a corporate logo on a Montreal Canadian, a Toronto Maple Leaf jersey isn't my plans. And then electronic na- board, pla- pla-
4: board ads aren't part now of our plan. In. And
1: and and the changes in the playoffs are going to come. Yeah. They're just not coming in the next few years.
4: The so by the time the Leafs are not competing and the they'll 100%, change it, right? Hundred yeah, percent for sure.
3: Although. Right now, the play-in wild card games would be some mix of Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Islanders, Florida. Right? You'd get four of those teams in sort of matchups. How fun would that be for the chance to get in? Because yeah. in in the playoffs in the yeah. NHL, you can upset anyone. It wouldn't be beyond any of those teams. Oh, to one go game, in winner eat. take all. Yeah. Now you've got
1: true parity. Yeah. Like you, you don't have parity for eighty-two games because teams get knocked out now in November. But yeah. you do have it on a one night winner take all. That
3: would be really fun.
1: Okay. Uh the weekend wasn't uh, there was some controversy uh, involved with uh Commissioner Bettman and, and Bill Daly. A lot of people uh, you know, uh, forced Gary, I think, to uh, defend a little bit uh of, of of the Pride Night situation. Uh your thoughts on on that? Was it uh was it a bigger deal than uh than it was made out to be, or do no, you think well, it put him on the spot?
3: I feel like you know his sole goal. You know, I saw the interview with Ron we got, McLean. We got the clip
4: of him answering it too, as well. If you want to get, if you wanted. sure.
3: Do you yeah. want to hear it?
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. Well, I, actually, the Rangers didn't, as an organization, opt out of Pride Night. Actually, I think you were in the building, and they activated across the board, and uh, other than one, other than a couple of players uh, not wearing. The pride jersey, uh, we had a very uh, significant pride night presence uh, and activation. Listen, you know what our goals, our values, and our intentions are across the league, whether it's at the league level or at the club level. Uh, But we also have to respect some individual choice, and some people are more comfortable embracing themselves and causes than others. And part of being diverse and welcoming is understanding those differences. See, uh,
1: I think he handled that well.
4: Yeah, but why does he have to be so combative off the top always? Yeah, so sorry. No, it's just like I, I was going to say agree. that earlier in these it questions. A, it was a very, it was a very lawyer answer, and like he probably, like he had that prepared, and he yeah. said perfectly what he probably he wanted to say. But I just don't know why he has to come off the top with all these questions so adversarial the Do you know
3: that both Daly and Bettman, to start of the questions, well, actually, we have a competition committee it's for that. Well,
4: like, well, actually, <laughs> is not the well, way that...
3: actually. Yeah,
4: see, to me, he's just... Okay, a lot of but of his percep- mean, those are little yeah. Those are little quibbles. yeah no, yeah, but a that's a lot thing. of his perception is people get pissed off at how adversarial yeah. it is towards everything. But we
1: are now going into supporting individual choice. Mm-hmm. And that may not sit well with a lot of people, but we have to respect that. Do we not?
3: You know, I think he did a good job of framing the idea that they can't make people do things. They don't want to do, whether their attitude is right, wrong or otherwise. And so we're just going to try to avoid those situations. And I, I get from a league commissioner standpoint, why the best thing to do is just say, I can't make them do it.
1: You know, what do yes. you want me to do? and that's where we are today. Yeah. And we're just going to have to, it doesn't
3: change how I feel about the people no, who make those decisions, exactly. but as a commissioner, I get it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, We're all on the same page there, and uh, I I think that's fair. Uh, Which also led to a tweet on the weekend from Hall of Famer and uh, regarded as one of the best goalies in history in Dominic Hoshik.
4: What was his tweet, uh, Sammy? He said that the NHL has sunk to rock bottom, letting Ovechkin's son perform on the ice at the NHL All-Star, is spitting in the face of approximately 500 killed and thousands of injured and tens of thousands of kidnapped Ukrainian children. The NHL and Gary Bettman must pay for this heinous act. Is what he tweeted. And that's, that's strong. For com- maybe the that's best heavy. goalie of all time. He is the best goalie of all time. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. But if we're going to go
1: back, and I think Gary may have mentioned this. Maybe this tweet came out during the weekend. He, enough for him to he,
4: comment. He was asked about it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and
1: yeah. you know we. Again, he's he stuck to... We can play, every, wanna play the clip? Yeah. yeah. Play, yeah.
5: Uh, Dominic Hasek uh, has been uh, a vocal critic uh, for the last year or so, and he's entitled to his opinion. I don't think he speaks either for the Czech government or people, but he is entitled to his opinion.
1: And that is it. It, it goes back to individual choice. So...
3: I can't help that it
4: didn't. Or I can't say it didn't cross my mind no, watching I, Ovechkin. I Thought about it the entire time. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Like, but I think Borny and I are more like we. You know, I. It just <laughs> it it rubs me the wrong way how yeah. in the public eye and how everyone's just kind of forgotten about that.
1: Th- that's okay. It can re- it can rub you the wrong way. Yeah. But I, I think we watched this weekend and everybody's got their individual choice but they choose not to focus on it like
3: yeah but what's too much for you kipper like this guy supports a murderous dictator he's in his instagram profile picture
1: here's when here's when it's too much when i don't want to support it any longer right when i choose to say i don't want to uh, I want to stop making my living from it. I, I choose not to support it. I, choo- I choose not to buy tickets anymore. They're not at that. Key. It's it's not affecting the bottom line. So why, why do we have to draw attention? Let me ask you something. Pretty well covered by the media, right, on the weekend. The event. Very well received with the media. Lots of media. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How many people asked... Sidney Crosby, how do you feel about Ovechkin? Like, you want to go down on a mm-hmm. breakaway with him. How do you feel about him having Putin on, uh, on his social media? Did one pe- person ask him that question? No. That I know of?
3: No. Right? But, but I so, don't get like,
1: where you're going with that. My, my point is that, like, at the end of the day, people that matter on the bottom line don't really care. So for Batman, it's like... For Batman. why should I care? If it's not affecting my business and my bottom line, why should I care?
3: Yeah, but that's painting a pretty, I guess, a poor picture of someone who's, that's all they care about. You know, a lot of people would say, well, you should care because you should care. It's people, it's lives, it's, you know.
1: Doesn't affect the bottom line. He's a business guy. He's there to make the owner's money. Well, don't, I mean, go ahead and expect to get booed then. <laughs> you know, booed. Like, yeah.
4: But when you stop showing up to buy his tickets, yeah. then he'll notice. Well, They may get, they they get do there it eventually. Hey, by the way, boys, big time listener of the show, one of my best buddies, oldest buddies in the world, Donnie LaHaye. Happy birthday to you today, buddy. Was it LaHaye? Nice. One of my best buds. The show. Hey. Tell him to call in and you can drop him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. That was a quick two hours. Thanks for joining, everybody. Our thanks to Kevin Kurz from The Athletic. It is best. And Dave Nonis, general manager, former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Eric Fun Francis, show. too. And Eric Francis. Oh, thanks. My concussion kicked in gotcha, there. Buddy. We're back tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night.